This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelor, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. All right, everybody, welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I am so excited for today's conversation. I have the gorgeous Garcelle Bove joining me today. She is a, an actress, a former model, and recently joined the cast of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And we are going to talk all about self-love, confidence. She's going to give us the behind-the-scenes scoop of some stuff for reality TV. Garcelle, I am so excited to have you here today. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for inviting me. This is going to be fun. I have to tell you, I was driving down to the protest in Vancouver. Obviously, Uh, this is a heated time and we're going to have lots of fun conversation, but we got to go there to start off with. Yep. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to an episode of Garcelle's show, figure out what she's all about. Oh (laughs) my effing God. I was peeing my pants. So for anyone who doesn't know, Garcelle has a podcast. It's called Going to Bed with Garcelle. It's all about sex, faith, friendships, life, but like sex is the (laughs) forefront of this show. Sex is definitely the forefront. And you go there. You go there every time. (laughs) You know, I go there every time and at three o'clock in the morning, I panic because I'm like, why am I sharing so much? <laughs> oh my God. It is so good. Okay. So hold on. Like I go into this. Mm-hmm. I've read about you. I've obviously like heard about you being in the show and everything. Yeah. The, the most recent headlines are that you are a grandma. So I'm like thinking, okay, this is going to be like, we're going to touch on a little bit of sex. This is like, we're diving into masturbation in Ikea. We're talking about like favorite positions. We're talking about secret sex when the kids aren't watching. I was you know. <laughs> thought about everything that was happening. Oh, was now, so now that makes me really happy. That makes me really happy because sometimes we need an escape. And I've even found myself late saying, I got to take a break from the world for a moment just to stay sane. Yeah. But I used to have friends over once a month I would sometimes do all girls, sometimes I would do couples, and we'd sit around, we'd gossip, we'd drink, we talk about sex, and after every time I've done this, somebody goes, this is a show, why aren't you doing this? So cut to going to bed with Garcelle. It's a show, and it is so good. I feel like everybody needs this in their life right now with all of the heaviness in the world, which we're here for, which needs to be happening. Absolutely. I think it's important as well that we have moments of lightness and you are so good at just asking these questions that I would never even think to ask. But you have we, to come on. You have to come on. Oh, it is so, so good. And you have a combination of celebrities. You have some of your best friends. And yeah. then the first one that I listened to was with Heather Debro and Nicole Smith. You know, you're listening to these two women and I never know who's talking and who's not. One of them had this contagious laugh that just like it was Heather. Laughing because it was Heather. He's Every laughing. time I asked her a question, she would just bust out laughing because it was so absurd that she'd like, my husband would never want a threesome. 
<laughs> but oh I'm like, God. well, what about with a doll? The threesome with the, the fake doll. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it all because I just want everybody to go and listen to this podcast and to all along you. because you're so good. You're so Thank good. Thanks. So I have to ask, amidst all of this stuff that's happening right now, how are you doing? How are you navigating this in your household? <sighs> What's going on over there? It's been tough. First of all, I'm always on the go. So once COVID came, quarantine came, it was hard for me to sit still. You know, it took a couple of weeks for me to go, okay, this is really happening. So once I got through that and tried to figure out what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do with my kids? Oh my God, homeschooling, what? (laughs) You know, once I got over that, then I started doing, the only thing that kept me sane is I started doing it one day at a time. I'm like, only focus on today. Don't worry about what you're doing on Friday. Don't worry what you're going to do on the weekend with the kids. Just focus one day at a time. And that really helped. And then you know, and talking to the kids and making sure that they stay connected to their friends through, you know, their video games so that, you know, normally I don't let them play video games during the week. But once quarantine started, I was like, once you're done with school, you're go for it. Everything's out the window. Everything's All out normal the window. rules are yeah. out the window during this Eat period. Eat candy, whatever you want, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So we've been doing better. I feel like the kids are much more resilient than I am. You know, they've adapted well. They don't even think about it. And for me, it's been a little tougher, but I've I've sort of come around the corner and now I'm in a better place for sure in terms Mm. of being, you know, staying home. Have there been any silver linings for you to having this moment in time? Yeah, there has actually. I think we've all needed a time to stay, sit still and really check in. You know, I've had a lot of like, reflections. What do I want from my life? What do I want to leave as my legacy, if you will? Just things like that. What do I, what am I looking for in the next man that comes into my life? You know, I never wanted to be married, but now I'm thinking "Hmm, a warm body in the bed would be kind of nice. Really? Okay. (laughs) Hold on. You've been going deep during quarantine. You haven't been like, I need to like redo my closet. You're like, I did that too. Maybe I want to get married. (laughs) What am I doing with my life? Mind you. This is after cleaning the closets and reorganizing and, you know, all that stuff. Doing the surface level and then, whoosh, we dive back in, which we never would really, I feel like, take that time or have those moments of stillness to reflect on these kinds of things when we're we're busy, busy, busy in our lives. Exactly. So do you want to get married now? Is this what I'm hearing? I think I do if Brad Pitt is available. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) After all the Brad controversy, you'll still take him. Listen, I'll take him. (laughs) I'll take him. Pretty sure Angelina's done, so he's available. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Not before then. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, I love, I think it's more about companionship. Yeah. You know, but maybe I will do it sort of how Gwyneth Paltrow's done it, you know, a few days here, a few days there, not every day, because I do like being a starfish on my bed sometimes and having the space to myself. So you know, just figuring out what I want. And I think this is the time for us to do that. And what about your legacy? What? Oh my God, I, don't, I haven't come up with anything. <laughs> you're going to kind of have to come back on the show when you figure that one out. Absolutely. I think you're already, you know, leaving a legacy in the way that you're showing up in the world and, oh, and using you. your voice and using your platform. It's interesting. So full disclosure, my husband canceled cable on us. Cause he's like, we never watch TV. Like we only watch Netflix and right. it's, we're busy too. Right. So yeah, like we're done with it. So I'm like, Oh, 
housewives are gone. So I haven't seen you on the show, but I call Oh, that's so funny. I have a lot of friends, by the way, who are getting rid of cable too, because all they do is stream. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting time. Yeah. So I called up my friend, Jill, who's housewives obsessed. Oh, good. She loves it. She loves it. And she's like, what? Garcelle is coming on the show? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, tell me everything. She's like, she is this strong, classy mm. woman, like not a lot of drama on the show. I'm like, what would you ask her if you could ask her anything? Ooh, I like so that. What did Jill say? Okay. First of all, she is wondering, and I am wondering this too, mm-hmm. what is going on with your skincare program? I mean, this is the most non-deep question ever, but we just got to start. We're going to start there. Like you can't have the title of grandma yeah. And look like you are 25. Oh my God. Oh my God. Bless you so much. You know what? I have eczema. And so I stay on my skin because of that. You know, dryness, it's all about moisture. My eczema, well, sometimes I get it on my face, not right now, but yeah. I have it on my back. I have yes. it on my legs. I have it on my elbows. So it's been really difficult. So I gave up sugar. I gave up dairy, which is not fun. But every now and then, since quarantine though, all bets are off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with it. I'm having Twizzlers. I'm having all kinds of stuff. I'm drinking milk in my coffee. Yes. Um, you know, so that's the thing. I mean, obviously the genes that I was born with is a lot of help. And then I maintain my skin. So going sugar and dairy-free, because we talk a lot about lifestyle choices on this show. We talk, we have a lot of followers who are struggling with their relationship with food, which can be really complicated as women. Does that feel super restrictive to you? Like, is it hard? And do you feel like it's almost part of your job being that you are in the public eye and on TV and modeled for years? Definitely. I mean, I think obviously my work, I have to stay ready. I never know when I'm going to have a love scene, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so I got to stay ready. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's the lifestyle because you you can't keep yo-yoing up and down. I think it's more about trying to do something that you can live with. And everybody's different. You know, yeah. I have friends who are pescatarians. I had actually a, a little boy who we finally let have my, one of my sons have his play date. And so I said, you guys have to be outside a lot. You can't yeah. be inside playing video games. And he's a pescatarian. So I'm like, hey, Hunter, do you want a corn dog? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like oh, wait, wait, you can't have that. And then I was like, Holy crap, this is tough. Wait, <laughs> his name is Hunter, but he's but he's a pescatarian. He's pescatari- a pescatarian. <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't even think of that. You're really good. You're really quick on your feet. <laughs> so it's all what you can do. And my son Jax wanted to be a vegan at a certain time. And I thought, all right, let's try it for a week and see how. Yeah. Thank God he couldn't do it because it was harder to find things for him and yeah. cook for the rest of us. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think it's everybody has to do what's right for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And have you found that that has really helped with your eczema? Or Definitely. I've definitely seen a change, less flare-ups. I mean, I still have spots that I, you know, in time will go away. But I'm doing that and trying to drink a lot more water. But stress, you know, we're under quarantine. There's COVID. There's now Black Lives Matter. There's a lot of stress and that has, to, that's a big factor as well. 
I have psoriasis behind my ear and stress, I would say is the number one thing. So right now yeah. it's just like full flare and so uncomfortable. And yeah. you know, I always feel for the people where for mine, it's very hidden mm-hmm. um, for Thank a lot God. of people who struggle with it. It's very visible and it's right. uncomfortable and yeah. all the things. So, yeah. So, okay. My second question from Jill is okay. <laughs> we've covered the skincare. Uh-huh. Um, on the show, how much of it is staged? Like how much of it is Listen real? To me. Yes, tell. I thought going in, it's going to be scripted in a way that, you know, we're told what to do. None of that is true. There's no scripts. There's no anything. The only thing they want us to do is to get together. So they're like, you're going to have a party or you're going for right. dinner or a couple right. of you are shopping today. Right. A couple of you on. may just have lunch. And that's really where they control it. Everything else is the women are driving it from the conversations to, you know, the fights to the dinners, all of that. But they are masters, I think, at bringing together personalities that might find some conflict where people might join together, might, you know, all the things. They are good at that. And that's what makes the TV. And that's why we show up to watch it. Right. People are like huge fans of this whole franchise. It's unbelievable how, you know, tweeting and everybody's into it. It's unbelievable. Did you have fun filming it? I did have fun filming it. I did. I mean, the thing with me is I was doing two or three other projects, so it was really hard. So I'm not in it a lot. And a lot of the fans are like, she's not in it. Where is she? We, you know, we want to see her. So obviously next season, if I'm back, then I'll be around a lot more. But yeah, it was fun. You're I mean, a busy it's, lady. It's glamorous. You know, the only thing is I realized that I'm eating almost in every scene and the other ladies are not. So I've learned that. Eat Kourtney before Kardashian. I go. You're Courtney Kardashian. Courtney she always has a salad, right? Every scene. Every <laughs> scene. I've started to like notice myself trying to eat like her. She takes the fork in her teeth and kind of uh-huh. slides it across. Like every scene Courtney is eating every and scene. every scene Garcelle is eating. Exactly. So I have to learn to eat at home first. No, you're multitasking. You're busy. You're shooting yeah. like 15 different things. Girl's got to yeah. eat while she's shooting something. Right. That's the perfect one. You keep doing it. I love Thank it. You. <laughs> Thank you. So I was watching again, just taking a breather somehow. Yeah. God only knows how. I landed on the Garth Brooks documentary. Oh, I'm not a big country girl, but one thing that Garth said was that his dad taught him was that everything in life is a blessing and a curse. Everything in life is a blessing and a curse. And he does that a lot. And I just loved it. I love that. So what's the curse of reality TV for you? I think the curse for me is letting one everyone into your life because then they feel they have a say in it. Mm. That's been the hardest thing is putting everything out there, reliving my divorce, talking about things that I never thought I would share with the public. So that's the curse of it all. But I think the blessings is that it's a great platform. I've made some really great friends and I've had friends with, you know, friendships with the ladies Mm -hmm. and I get to shoot it in LA, which is a big deal because then I get to come and have dinner with my kids or sleep in my bed. And, you know, a lot of times all the other projects that I do are not shot in LA. Yeah. So it being shot in, in, in here is a big deal for me. 
Amazing. Amazing. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash rawbeautytalks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash rawbeautytalks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. So I'm curious to know, we're going to go back to the podcast right now because okay. never on this show, which is shocking to me, really, we've never had a show surrounding sex. Mm-hmm. Like that's so crazy. It's been a year. Come on, Aaron. <laughs> I'm curious to know for you, because this is such a charged subject. I work with a lot of women one-on-one who are struggling with primarily body image and confidence. Yeah. So when it comes to the bedroom, this is an area where a lot of women are not feeling confident. They're not feeling comfortable. We've got this porn culture out there right now. Yeah. And so what was so refreshing about your show is that you seem so comfortable with this topic. You are so open about it. You are, you know, standing strongly in your sexuality. You are here for it. What does sex mean to you? Oh, sex is power. Sex is power. And I say that not to power over anyone, but that's what you got. Your sexuality, your mind, your body, your spirit. I think all those things go hand in hand. And if you're waving on on one, then the other will come in and support you. But I think being able to be free about your sexuality is a freedom that I think we should all have. You know, I try and broach the conversation with my kids because I feel like I don't want them to have to hide and not share with me. I mean, obviously there'll come a point where I don't want to hear some of the things, but I, <laughs> just Why because I am their mom. Right, exactly. But I think it's, there's freedom to that. 
Yeah. I really do. Were you raised in a family that talks to you a lot about sex? Like not at all. Oh hell no. In touch with? Girl, no. <laughs> My family <laughs> would never talk about that. We never talked about menstruals. And I grew up, I mean, there's five girls and two boys in my family. So there's a lot of girls, but we never talked about that. When I moved to New York, I was 17 years old to start my modeling career. When I came home to visit, I was like, the first trip, I think I was like maybe a year later, 18. And my mom saw uh, contraceptives in my, you know, in my bag. And she's like, you've had contact? <laughs> Like Contact. we were aliens. Contact. <laughs> so we never talked about that. No, it was definitely a Haitian culture. Everything is sort of quiet. You don't talk about it, whether it's medical things, whether it's sexuality, all that. So mm -hmm. for me, I think I found my voice as I was growing up and yeah. felt like it's okay for us to talk about those things. When I went through infertility or miscarriages, you know, I wanted to be able to have conversations with other women who, who went through that stuff. Cause that, how else are you going to know? Mm -hmm. I feel like so many women have been quiet about those topics for so long though, which yeah. I think shows even in just you saying that, that you've always been a bit of a head of, ahead of the game in your willingness to be open and to talk about these controversial, hard subjects. Right. Do I just feel like I'm not alone. We all have the same parts. We all, you know what I mean? Like the same parts yeah. and we have the same problems. Yeah. I mean, same, exactly. same, different. Right. I think in this moment in time, especially there's yeah. some different problems that are bubbling up to the surface again. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a time during sex in your own sex life where you didn't feel confident? Like for those women who are listening right now, yeah. who were like, I could not have sex without the lights off or I'm so nervous about what my I still want the lights off too, by the way. You, you're a lights off girl. I yeah. do, because I just think it's much more romantic. But, and also you don't always feel confident about your body all the time. Like now with the quarantine 15, I went to the doctor this morning, I stepped on the scale. I was like, I want to go backwards. Like, <laughs> let's go back. Like enough of this. But yeah, I remember, you know, I had sex when I was 18 for the first mm. time. And looking back, it was in a way, I wouldn't say rape, but I would definitely say I didn't want to. But at the time, it's like if you were, if you went halfway, then it was like, well, then you might as well do it. Yeah. And so, you know, so that was weird for me. And I didn't have anything, you know, I hadn't had conversations with people to know what it was like or either how painful the first time was. And, you know, are you supposed to be in love or not in love? Because we weren't talking about that kind of stuff before. Right. Right. What would you say if you were to give some advice to a woman who's like, I want to step into my sexuality. I want to start relating sex to my power and feeling strong and confident in it, but I am so not there right now. Do you have any tips to kind of help people get in the game and to I would find say that within? Start slow, you know, start slow. You don't have to jump into it like, you know, full on, like have a conversation, be okay with your body. I think for us women to even look in the mirror naked and just find something you like, because we, we know we can go the opposite. We know we can find all the things we don't like right away, right? Yes. But find one thing, you know? Like for me, when I was going through infertility, and I was really down on my body because I had already had a child, my son Oliver, who made me a grandmother, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was really down on my body because I couldn't get pregnant. 
And I remember one day going, you know what? You have to change your mindset. You have to honor what your body's been able to do. You did have a child, but all the other things that you've been able to do is because of your body. So, and also I had girlfriends who were pregnant and at first I was really jealous of them because, you know, why them? And I have so much love to give. And so changing my mindset, one of them was about to have her baby shower. And I said, I want to throw your baby shower. Let me do it. And that was a way of celebrating her, but also celebrating we need to change this. We need it to shift the energy. And I believe in those kind of things. I yeah. love that idea of, I mean, we've all felt jealousy before. And mm. I think one of the fastest ways to step out of it or to, to flip the script is to acknowledge and celebrate that person. Somebody else's having the success or having that moment in time and recognizing we're all at different chapters of our story. And so, you know, your time. Yeah, exactly. Your infertility journey, did you end up getting pregnant naturally? Like you had two more kids. You've got your boy. Yeah, no, we did IVF. We did IVF and the first time got pregnant, it was so excited. And then seven weeks later, they didn't hear a heartbeat. And that was devastating, you know, that was devastating. And then we thought, let's try one more time. And we had tried like five years on and off, you know, just one thing after the other just didn't work. And then they implanted four embryos and Mm. we got twins. We got two out of the four. And my niece, who's a grown woman, always says to me, girl, if you had four, I would have changed my address and would not have given it to you. She was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> four babies? <laughs> four, four, I mean, twins are a lot for people. Were twins you excited or were you like, oh my God, what? No, I was super excited, super excited, but didn't yeah. know what it was like. But I took a mommy, uh, a twin class when the boys were really like babies because I didn't know what to accept, uh, you know, expect. And this woman was great. She had two sets of twins. And she was like, make sure nobody labels them. Make sure people get two birthday cards, sing happy birthday twice. And so we've done that, which has kept them, you know, their identity separate. Yes. Oh, I love that. I never yeah. really thought about that, but of Neither course, would they're two little separate human beings. Exactly. So wow. we always sing happy birthday twice. We always get two cakes just wow. to make wow. them feel separate. I, lo- I love it. How have you been navigating everything that is going on in the world right now in regards to Black Lives Matter and George Floyd with your kids as a human being, as a Black woman, as a mother? That's been really tough. And I, I was just saying to a friend earlier that This past weekend was the first time that I felt like myself again, because Mm -hmm. the weight of it all, I've always known that racism has been going on. I've dealt with it. I've seen it. It's been thrown at me. But to see the world take notice finally has been the most exciting because finally everybody's taken a moment to realize, and I think quarantine, it happened at the right time because if everybody was doing their thing, we wouldn't have stopped to really acknowledge it. Mm. But I also feel like the weight of it for my older son, especially Oliver, has always been there. I'm scared all the time. Every time he leaves the house, I've been at places with him. We were at a market one day and he went to get something and I went to get something else. So we separated. So he's going down the, down the aisles to see where I'm at. So now I'm at the end of an aisle and he's at the other end and there's an Mm. older white woman between us. So she turns 
towards Oliver and sees Oliver. And all of a sudden, her body language changed. She clasped her bag that she was holding tighter. And I'm, I'm witnessing all of this. And the thing that really struck me is that if this woman, if anything had happened to her, Oliver would have been the first person to help, mm. to aid with her in any way. And I just thought, because of the color of his skin, yeah. she had that reaction. Yeah. And so, you know, I've seen that. I've seen, you know, he's been pulled over for no reason. I mean, there's been so many things like that. So I know it. So with our boys, with the little ones, we've always talked about being careful, being respectful if you're, you know, the cops are ever around. I mean, it's always been a conversation, but for them to see it on this level and seeing the brutal murder of George Floyd was just, it was too much. It was really too much. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you have to have these conversations with your kids. I think it was very eye-opening for me, obviously, coming face to face with my own inherent biases, with my own. um, And we were raised in a family where my parents taught us everyone is equal and it doesn't matter what color your skin is. And I understand, obviously, the messages that they were telling us, but also during this time, really understanding that that wasn't true. What we were being told isn't true. There is not equality yet. Everyone is not treated fairly. And so- in those lessons, which I completely understand the intention behind them, but I was also taught that it was okay the way that the world was currently functioning mm-hmm. and that there wasn't mm-hmm. still work to be done, which is not the truth at That's all. That's not the truth at and all. No, there's and there's so much to be done. tremendous amount of work to be done, and we cannot, you know, hide behind that sort of statement resting in an action. Well, I can't imagine, you know, being in your position and having to have those conversations. I have two young kids myself. We're starting to have these conversations now with them. Yeah. Good. Learning. That's great. I think you can't start too early. I mean, obviously you're going to give them just the amount of, for their age, but I think those conversations need to be had. You know, I had a girlfriend of mine who's white called and she said, I don't know what to do. I'm going to go buy a book on racism. And I'm like, you don't need a book. Mm. You know, everybody just needs to be treated fairly. We want to be promoted fairly. We want to be compensated fairly. We just want to be treated fairly that it's great that if you want to read about it, but I think it just starts with being able to have an open conversation about what it's like and what can we do to help out. And I think it starts there. Yeah. What would you say being conscious of the fact that, you know, your job is not to educate or teach us on what we can be doing, but what would you say is most helpful in your eyes right now in regards to taking action, in regards to creating a better world for your sons, for all three of them and for their families that will Thank you. eventually be here? Starting this conversation is huge. I think now people are aware, yeah. you know, we're not, we don't have blinders on anymore. I think people are seeing it. And if you see an injustice, say something, speak up. I think if everybody, you know, if you see somebody be treated a way that you wouldn't want to be treated, that's when you need to speak up Mm. and seeing all the protests. I mean, we protested the boys and I on Saturday and seeing all different races, all different ages. And, you know, people who were in their cars were honking and I saw the most beautiful thing. I mean, I saw a tiny little fist out the window. I mean, this little baby must've been in the back of her car, in in her car seat, you know, and she, she knew to do that. And I was like, that's amazing. Just, you know, 
starting that young, I think yeah. we're having conversations, even if it's uncomfortable, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay yeah. to say, I don't understand. What can I do? Yeah. And I think it starts there. Getting comfortable in the discomfort is paramount right now. There are way yes. too many people who've been way too comfortable for way too long. And I think right. a little, this is, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know if I should should bring this up. I don't know if right. I can ask this question. I don't know if I should do this post. And so there is an element, you know, with reading the books or reading the blog posts yeah. to educate yourself and to take responsibility for what you do or do not know. Right. But then we got to like go beyond the book and the post and we got to get we gotta down vote. and get dirty and yeah. vote. Yeah. Yes. Vote, vote, vote create changes within our companies, hire, amplify. Yes. Have someone in the room that represents everybody. I remember there was this big controversy last year with J. Crew because they put a little black boy in a, a t-shirt that had a monkey on it. I know how shoots go. I've been a model. I know it trickles down before you get to the shoot. Yeah. You had somebody in the room that would say, you know what? Don't put that shirt on him. Something as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Switch out the shirts. Yes. And I think if there was somebody in the room to be able to speak up that way, then maybe that wouldn't have happened. But there wasn't. And there also, wasn't. even if there was, there wasn't necessarily the environment in which they felt comfortable speaking up and saying, yes, I don't know if that's the best idea right. without risking their job or their position. And exactly. So yeah, we need diversity at higher levels as well. Have you ever experienced racism in the entertainment industry? Oh, God, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. There have been, um, you know, scripts that I've read and I'm like, I want to go up for this part. And they're like, we're not going to go black with that character. And it's like, mm. well, why? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? And, you know, for me, storytelling is about the story and race should be secondary to that. Yes. Right. Let's tell a story because everyone can relate to a story. Yes. So why not make it diverse? Why not make it how the world looks? Yeah. We talked about that at the beginning. Our parts are the same and our pain is often, you know, maybe same, same, but different. And so who cares who's telling the story? Right. Maybe. If the story is well done, we'll all relate to it. We're yes. People. I'm so excited. Humanity. I saw a couple months ago, they're doing The Little Mermaid. I can't yeah. remember which production company is doing it, but The Little Mermaid is going to be black. Yeah. How about that? And I think this is incredible. I do too. I do too. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's beautiful. I think, you know, all little kids should have black dolls and white dolls and, you know, and not make a thing about it. Yeah. Just yes. Pass it on as a gift. It just is. It, it just, just is. is. Exactly. Oh, and I think I kids are great about not seeing that. You know, I remember my oldest was in preschool and the principal was black and a teacher came up to her and said, Hey, I have these two little kids that one of them said the N word and I don't know how to deal with it. And the principal said, you know what, let's bring them into my office and let's see where it is and walks in two white kids mm. because they were, you know, doing their, you know, big wheels in the yard and stuff like that. And and one of them thought the N-word meant you were a bad driver. So it wasn't a color thing. It was like, no. sort of get out of my way, no. you know? So it's things like that, that, you know, when those little kids came in, it's like, wait a minute, they're two white kids, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's interesting there is, why is he hearing that word used most likely in the well, vehicle with his parents? Right. When exactly. someone's driving badly. <laughs> exactly. So it's all about conversations, yeah. you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's so many layers to this and 
this is where it begins is yeah. people talking and sharing and hearing different perspectives on exactly. everything. Exactly. And just being kind. Let's just be kind. Garcelle, if you could leave our audience and the women who are listening right now with one message, with something to take away in this moment of time, what would it be? For women, I always feel like we all need a girl tribe. Have your tribe, you know, have the women that support you. I think if we support one another, yes, I'm on a reality show where sometimes we go at one another. To me, I take it all as fun. But I think having women support one another is really a beautiful thing when we can do that. I absolutely agree. Thank you so much for joining me today, for sharing a piece of your story and your perspective. It's been obviously amazing chatting with you. For anybody who's listening right now, make sure you head on over to Garcelle's podcast, In Bed with Garcelle. Where else can our listeners find you? Yeah, it's Going to Bed with Garcelle and uh, Twitter at Garcelle B, Instagram at Garcelle. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day and can't wait to connect again in the future. All right. That was fun. Garcelle never fails to disappoint on the fun factor. Make sure you head on over to her podcast, click subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode of the raw beauty talks podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, if you laughed a little bit or had some aha moments, please take a moment to pass it along to your friends. You can take a screenshot and share it on social media or copy the link and text it on over. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. I will see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.